Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homiser with you. As always, you know, I've never said anything different the entirety of this show. That is how I've always introduced it, and I feel hey. like... You know Do we what? need something Con- new? Consistency is key. Maybe maybe next time, maybe next episode, episode 57, I'll introduce the show. Usually, you know, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, we, we kind of, we switch on and off on, on you know, when we introduce uh, our guests, but yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll remember that. Remember that in the, uh, in the, the mind bank episode 57, I'm introducing the show, but yeah. yes, it is. Uh, hey, we are one week away. Actually, one week away exactly from the first first pick trevor lawrence coming off the board basically yeah no i mean i'm excited it's been a long time coming and we've all been kind of looking forward to this and we're all you know this before we get into this you see the title of the show this is going to be like every other show in america tonight i guess (laughs) which you know it was only a matter of time before we did this but i feel like waiting a week out to do it yeah i feel like that was a solid enough time for us to wait so you know what just just putting it out there nobody knows anything not even the gms don't even know so we're just having fun with it just ride with it with us i mean when we start talking about you know who the tennessee titans are gonna pick we don't know but you know what we can have fun with it and we are so so glad that you are here to have fun with us so i'll let you do the honors my friend waste no time we are a minute and 30 in let's get into it here all right so what we'll do each of us will list our top 10. We'll kind of go back and forth. Um, and then after that, we'll just list some notable ones uh, throughout uh, the first round mocks that we did. So I'll start. I'm assuming we both have Trevor Lawrence number one, so we can just kind of skip Jacksonville. Yes, yes sir. When I, I, I do. Go ahead. What's that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I got Zach Wilson as well. The, the first mm-hmm. two are pretty pretty much all but set in stone. So I, I, I do have some juicy ones, though, later on, so I can't wait to touch on those because I know it'll probably get you going a little bit, and I just I, I love getting you going. When I know I know your, your hot-button words, and I, I know it's going to get you, get you mm. Mm, grooving, so I can't wait. But uh, I'll let you – this is, this is where the real debate comes in. Pick number three, San Francisco 49ers trade up, boatload trade. They get up there. Who are they going with here? I'm still convinced it's Justin Fields. I've never been convinced that it was Mac Jones. You don't trade up for – everybody wants to point out that Mac Jones is very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, if Kyle Shanahan wanted someone similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> don't you think he wouldn't have traded up to get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo when he already has Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster? You so would think. It makes no sense for Mac Jones to be the pick. It's going to be Justin Fields. I would bet my house on it. They would – draft jesus from nazareth before they draft mac jones so do you have the same thing because if you if you i do mac not jones, i'm gonna punch you through the... <laughs> okay i i don't have mac jones but i do have trey lance is okay. that okay are you will you accept that one I'll, I'll, one. I'll give i'll give you a reason why because 
you know, a lot of the times that what we see now is, you know, I, we've seen it all throughout history, guys like Aaron Rodgers, but you draft a quarterback and he doesn't necessarily have to start. Th- this could be a good situation because Trey Lance hasn't played football in a whole year. Yes, yeah. that's all everybody talks about, but the talent is there. The raw talent is there. And I think that excites Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, I, I like Justin Fields a lot. Don't, don't make this seem like I, I don't like him. I, I think that he's going to be a really good quarterback. But I just think that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is intrigued by the maybe the mystery of Trey Lance and what he could possibly be. And, you know, they could decide to trade Jimmy G. And I don't know what kind of return they could really get for him. I don't know if it would be anything too nice. But you could also start him, start him for week one, start him for week two, then maybe stick in Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo is not putting up the great numbers and you're liking what you're seeing from Trey Lance. It just seems like kind of a, a good team because, you know, just for example, we'll, we'll look at another team that a, a team like Denver, you're going to toss Trey Lance right in the fire like that. You know, it, I don't know if you want to start Drew Locke over him, but you're going to start Trey Lance just like that. I don't, I don't like the idea of that. I like the idea of maybe just working in. you can massage his way into the, the roster and the starting role with a great team with, with the 49ers. I, I like the idea of that. Now, now, I mean, I'm on record saying that I think Lance is the better quarterback over Fields. I, I like Justin Fields. Um, the other reason that I have him there, I mean, I've said it a trillion times, the history with Kyle Shanahan and he and from Quarterback Collective and everything, it just makes too much sense for him to not go there. But um, my number four. I, uh, I got it. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Real, real, yeah, yeah, go real quick. Real quick on the three. Um, yeah. I, I love. I know you do, too. We, we both love good morning football. I watch them every morning, you know, eating my breakfast, drinking my coffee. And Every it seems like every day for the past week, I don't know if you've seen it. They've been talking about the idea of the 49ers drafting Kyle Pitt. I just I can't get the idea out of my head, but it they makes no sense. They didn't trade up all that, that stuff that, to get a, a tight end. That's Not what right. I'm thinking. And Nate Burleson seems so sold on the idea that it's going to be George Kittle and, and Kyle Pitt. And as fun as that would be with those two and that run game, and the quick, fast, wide receivers that they have on their roster. It's a fun idea to think about, but there is absolutely no way that they trade up yeah. that that kind of draft asset just to go for a tight end. Just wanted yeah, to no, put that out there. It's it's not going to be Kyle Pitts, and I think that's just kind of trying to find something to talk about besides Mac Jones at this point. So True. I can understand True. why they would bring it up, but it's not going to be it's not going to be <laughs> Kyle Pitts. But um, so for number four, I don't have Atlanta staying put. I've said that they're going to mm. trade down for a while now. And with the number four pick, it will be the Washington football team trading wow. up and signing Trey Lance at number four. This okay. makes now let me defend this because going from nineteen to four, you got to give up that's, a decent amount. Um, that's hefty. And so I released um, my latest um, Washington football team mock draft on Fansided. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And, you know, you look at what Washington would have to give up. I had them giving up 19, the 51st overall pick, a first, a third, and a fourth next year to move up. So those are five picks. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. With Washington, find me the, like, ginormous holes on their roster. There's not a lot of them. So you got some expendable draft capital when you've got an incredible defense. You, You just got Curtis Samuel. 
So, I mean, you're starting to plug some holes on offense. Antonio Gibson in the backfield, some good depth at running back already. Really, all you're missing is a franchise quarterback to be a perennial playoff team for the next decade. At that point, you can give up a little bit of draft capital because if you don't have a lot of holes to fill, they become a little bit more expendable. You need a franchise quarterback if you want to have any chance of winning Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl defense. They need to get a guy going forward. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the best stopgap you can get. Have Give Trey Lance the Tua treatment. Have him sit until they're ready to give him the reins. Maybe he gets in at some point this season. Who knows? But um, no, this would be, if Washington would be able to pull this off, they would be set in the NFC East for a decade to come. Wow. that See, I, I like the idea of, of trading draft picks for, for proven talent, but five draft picks for a big mystery like Trey Lance. Well, here's the thing. I, I, in theory, it's only four because you are giving up the draft True. pick you originally yes. had to move. Okay. So I guess it's, it's really four draft picks that you're giving up. Right. Okay. But we, we love Trey Lance. He, he has the raw potential. He has the skill. And you say that, you know, Washington seems like they're a team that's just missing that one piece. Mm. What if that one piece doesn't come true? What if that one piece doesn't work? I mean, yeah, you know. I think, football... it's, better, I think it's better to at least try and find out rather than to stay stagnant forever, you know? It is, this is true. And, and another counterpoint, I, I don't disagree with this. I, I don't hate the idea. It's, it's a fun idea. It's an intriguing idea to think about. But yeah. I, I just I just like to counter, counteract you because that's what you're supposed to do on podcasts. You know, you're supposed exactly. to talk back and forth. So. Play devil's advocate. Of course. And, you know, you, you talk about the, the Super Bowl-level defense that they have, and there's no doubt that it's Super Bowl-level. I love the, the pieces that they put on that defense. But you got to remember, you're going to have to pay those pieces because they're, they have a lot of guys that are on cheap contracts. They have a lot of first-round talent, which, you know, you're going to have to cough up the money at some point to keep these guys around. So, you know, next year's, whatever you said, third-round pick, I believe, yeah. That could be your, your stopgap linebacker or defensive tackle that you're going to have to replace because you're going to have to pay big money. So I don't hate the idea. It just trading four draft picks. That's four players. That's possibly, you know, if you're a good GM, that's two starters for your team that and you could I, draft and get on cheap contract. And I get that, but none of them mean anything if you don't have a quarterback that they can win with. So hey, they get, hey, they got Fitzy right now. They could they could win great. ten he'll games be, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll be good for a year, and then he's going to be on a new team or retire after this. So poor, poor Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy just comes in, plays great, and then just gets benched every single time. Right? Kurt, <laughs> show some respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love that uh, guy. You know um, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but <laughs> it's clear that you know he's more of a stopgap for this year. He'll play well going into the playoffs, but yep. I think they need a succession. No doubt. Man. So. I think it happens. So give me your number four now that we've harped on mine. Okay. So I, I, I do have some trades in my mock draft, but I have Atlanta stick and they are just too infatuated too just greedy. They want Kyle Pitts in an Atlanta Falcons uniform. How can you not, how can you not, if you look at that offense with, with Matt Ryan, who I still think is a very capable quarterback, uh, an MVP player in his past, Julio Jones, who, when healthy, is arguably the best wide receiver in football. Calvin Ridley, who is a top 10 wide receiver in football at his best. This is, you know, their defense needs help. Needs lots and lots of help. Yeah, Kurt, it does. Draft Kyle Pitts and then take defense the rest of the draft. <laughs> I mean, he is too good. He is too explosive to pass up on. And, yes, you know, no – no prospect is surefire. No prospect is an absolute 100% slam dunk. 
Kyle Pitts is pretty damn close, my friend. He really is. And with a new head coach in there, I don't trust their defense, but there's still plenty of time until this season rolls around. Look, I've been very vocal on this. It's not much to say that I haven't already said. It would be very stupid if Atlanta does this. I get I get Kyle Pitts is so damn good. I do. Their defense was atrocious last year. It cost okay. them at least three games, whether it was against Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, all three of those games. Uh, even the Tampa Bay game when they had, what was it, a 17-point lead that they also played yep. to Tampa Bay. So that's four games right there that their defense just absolutely blew. I think the best thing for them to do would be to trade down, gain more draft capital, take a corner linebacker safety edge somewhere on defense with whatever pick you get from moving down. If you want to get more, you know, some other playmaker on offense for some reason, they don't need, they really don't need anybody else on offense, at least not as a high draft pick right now because their offense is very good. Mm-hmm. I think that they should take and take a page out of Matt Rule's book from last year and just draft every pick defense because their defense is terrible. Okay. Another counterpoint to that. So no, please do. Yeah. By the way, everybody <laughs> understands. This is something that Kurt and I never do. We never debate. And yep. I wish we did it more because it's so fun. We're we're just we're just always on the same page, pal. We're that that's I guess you know, so. Yes, that's a good thing. Yes, that's a bad thing. But anyway, this is my counterpoint to this. Okay. The Atlanta Falcons, they're not winning their division. If they if they draft entirely defense this year, I don't care. They're not winning their division. They're not going to the playoffs. So why not just take take Kyle Pitts and then, you know, they're rebuilding. When you're rebuilding, you take talent. When you're rebuilding, you take the absolute freak athletes like this. Mm-hmm. You don't pass them up because, yeah, you know, they could trade back whatever, five, six spots and, and draft a guy like J.C. Horn. Sure, that's a good player. Is drafting J.C. Horn this year – going to get you to the playoffs? No. Is drafting Kyle Pitts this year going to get you to the playoffs? No. But down the road, you're going to have Kyle Pitts for five years if you pick up his fifth-year option. You're going to have him for five years on a cheap contract, and you can fix that defense down the road. I, I think this is just – give it to me. I, I'm not a Falcons fan, never have been, but give me Matty Ice and, and Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones on the same field, and I will be a happy man. You know what? I can't argue with that point too much because no, you are right in the fact that it doesn't matter who they pick; they're not going to be a playoff team more than likely, unless unless whoever they pick really just sets the world on fire. Um, but their defense is still bad. Yes, it is. It is. But it, like I said, it's not going to make a difference. You know, it, it they can they can draft three All Pro players, and that that'll make the difference. But that's not going to happen. I mean, they. they whether whether you go defense now or, or defense in the second round and the first round next year, you know, get Kyle Pitts. There's only Kyle Pitts comes around once every ten years, possibly. I'm not again, I'm not saying that he's gonna be a surefire hit, but he's pretty damn close. And I would if I'm the Falcons, I would hate to pass that up and see him flourish somewhere else. No, that's fair. That's an understandable point. I still think that Atlanta moves down. If they don't, that will more than likely be the pick. They hold they hold a lot of cards in this draft. I mean, they if, if they if they move down from four, you know, likely whoever moves into that spot is going to grab another quarterback, whether that's a team yeah. like Denver, whether it's somebody like Washington, like you said, or they stand pat and, and the whole top ten kind of gets shaken up a little bit. So um, it 
it's interesting. Uh, but let's move, let's move to uh, number five here, Cincinnati. Yeah. Do you and I are we on the same page here? Are, do we are we protecting Joe Burrow, please, for the yeah, love of God? Getting, yeah, we're getting Penny Sewell for for Joe Burrow because God knows he needs it. Thank you. His no, knees, will, his knees. Will, thank you. I'm starting to come around to different things though because this is an extremely deep offensive line class. It so is. Yes. If they wanted to get a guy like Jamar Chase, or here's the thing: if Atlanta does trade out and Kyle Pitts is there at five, Oof. if Cincinnati, oh come on, man, yeah, yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati would be hard pressed to pass on that because they could still get a guy like Dylan Redunds uh, from North Dakota State. Sam Cosby still be there. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama will still be there. There's still going to be a lot of really good left tackles available when they pick uh, in yeah. the second round early on. So if Kyle Pitts is there for Cincinnati. <laughs> that would be a hard pass. A hard. That's pass what I'm saying. At, yeah. Atlanta holds a lot of keys because if they yeah. pass on him, Kyle Pitts falls another pick. Then what? Then what does Cincinnati do? If Cincinnati drafts Kyle Pitts, then what does Miami do? Do they draft yeah. Penny Sewell? It, it is just. This is why we love the draft season. But yeah, we do. no, I I, I have uh, I I got Penny Sewell going to Cincinnati number five. Joe Burrow's ankles, knees, and entire body will thank the front office later because he desperately needs it. Um, he has some nice weapons around him to help him. He just needs time. And we saw that so many times last year. So glad, glad we can finally agree, but a, another, another big off season for the Miami dolphins here. Another big draft for them yeah. sitting at number six, my friend who is Tua Tunga Valoa going to help get help on offense. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes. Okay. Look, if he four through six is going to be a lot of fun, depending on what Atlanta yeah. does, they dictate whatever mm-hmm. happens. Um, oh man, mm-hmm. it would be if Kyle Pitts is there at six. Miami won the jackpot, man. Um, yeah. You already said it. We already talked about Kyle Pitts. There's nothing else that we can really say. He's great. He's fantastic. He's the second best prospect in this draft, arguably, arguably the best player in this draft. I mean, all around. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be a huge, 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 a very big acquisition for Miami, a guy that they can put all over the field. Um, and if, you know, they load up that offense and Tua doesn't succeed this year, which I think he should, you know, I think that he should. Are, yeah. I think we're kind of quick to judge quarterbacks at this point. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts would be a ginormous acquisition for the Dolphins. And um, like I said, four through six, though, I mean, obviously it depends on Atlanta and Cincinnati, um, because if he's if he's there at five for Cincinnati, one, I mean, please keep Kyle Pitts out of the AFC North. But <laughs> keep him damn, out of the AFC East. Jeez. Damn it. That would be fun. Joe Burrow, Kyle Pitts. Oh, yep. my goodness. So, yeah, I think that, you know, thinking from a Cincinnati perspective, I think that they'll still go with. Sewell or Slater, one of the two. I put in Sewell just because that seems to be the the popular choice. Um, but oh man, Kyle Pitts. That I know, I know. It is it is infatuating to think about Kyle Pitts on any offense. I mean, you you plug him into any offense. You you plug him into the Jets' offense, and it's oh man, he could kind of turn that offense around a little bit, you know. So he's just one of those players, and I I hope that he pans out, you know. Tight end is a tough position to, you know, develop and come into the league and dominate. But if anybody can do it, seems like like he's the one. But sitting at number six, I do not have Kyle Pitts on my board anymore. 
I think Miami really loves the Alabama wide receivers. Um, you know, Jamar Chase is a great talent. You can you can make an argument for any of these three guys to be a, the number one wide receiver in this draft. But I think Miami really, really loves these these Alabama wide receivers. And I don't think they're going with Devontae Smith. Uh, I've been oh, kind wow. of battling back and forth between Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle gets forgotten about because of his injury. And, I, I, you know, the injury does worry me a little bit. I said that in our past show. It, it worries me. But, you know, we saw, him, we saw him hobbling out there on the championship game. This guy's got heart. But he has talent. Uh, I mean, he had unbelievable stats before he had his injury. He had almost 600 yards in five games uh, with Alabama and Mac Jones. So, you know, he, he can kind of he can pretty much line up anywhere anywhere that Miami wants to put him. If they want to put him in the slot, put him uh, across from Devontae Parker. I think he's a really good compliment to him. I like Jalen Waddle a lot. He just seems like he's going to be. You know, he dominated in college. And I think he could dominate some some NFL DBs. And like I said, I think he'd be a, a perfect complement to uh, Devontae Parker in Miami. Jalen Waddle, the first receiver off Kurt's board, not something I expected to hear. Um, so I like Waddle. Now, I've said this on previous shows, and we talked about it on the last show, you know, ranking receivers and projecting them is now becoming more of a lottery because we're yeah. seeing, you know, top guys usually aren't the ones who pan out the most. So. Right. You know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I'm trying not to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, but, yeah, receivers, I think, are starting to be looked at more in the light as running backs are now, where, you you know, you can find really good ones in the mid-rounds, and people are starting to devalue them a little bit. So, um, you know, we'll see. I like Jalen Waddle. I li- we don't wish any, like, non-success on any of these guys. It's just when you start noticing patterns like this, it's yes. it's it's easy to project. So, Go to number seven. Uh, I have my first receiver off the board to Detroit. I have Jamar Chase going to the Lions because God knows that they need receiver help now. They lose both Kenny Galladay <laughs> and Marvin Jones. Their number one receiver right now is Quintus Cephas. Yep. So they need Lo- love me some Quintus Cephas. Rooting hard for him this year. They need. I might actually do a Lions mock draft for fan sided before the draft, just because Perfect. I'm just going to give them 18 receivers at this point. <laughs> my goodness, the poor guys. Anyway, yeah, they need. Receiver help, uh, Jamar Chase would be the immediate number one there with Jared Goff. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, Detroit. Jared, Jared Goff Go Jared Goff is coming into Detroit after having Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and, and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby at his disposal. And and no disrespect to Quentin Cephas, but now he's rolling into Detroit with, with Quentin Cephas and, and DeAndre Swift. So, um, rooting hard for him. But uh, I have my first trade of the draft. You had your first trade, Atlanta trading out of number four. Yeah. I have Detroit trading out of seven with Denver because in my mock, Justin Fields is still on the board. So I have Denver moving up from nine to seven, Detroit moving back two spots, Denver moving up, taking Justin Fields. We'll see you later, Drew Locke. If Denver wants to compete in that division, they need to upgrade Drew Locke. He... He's not going to compete with Justin Herbert. He's not going to compete with Patrick Mahomes. I don't even think he's going to compete with Derek Carr. So you need a spark plug. And, you know, I, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to last this long. Maybe it's Trey Lance in that spot. Trade up and get that guy. I'm not, I'm not a believer in Drew Locke. I've said that for, for many, many months, since pretty much since Drew Locke has started. I have not seen anything that I've really loved from him. 
he has so much talent around him and he hasn't really flourished. Yes. He had a bunch of injuries. I know, but can you imagine, can you imagine, let's just say Trey Lance or Justin Fields in that Denver offense with Jerry, Judy, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Yes. Give it to me, please. So let me ask you this. Why are we assuming that other teams are going to be trying to trade up to seven as well besides Denver? Because if not, I mean, they could almost stay put and not have to worry about uh, Justin Fields getting drafted. Well, I mean, I think, you know, if a guy like Justin Fields is on the board, they're absolutely going to be calling up, you know, anybody, anybody that needs a quarterback. You could, you could make that argument for a team like Washington. You can make that argument for even a team like Chicago sitting at 20 or any, anybody, you know, if, if a quarterback is still sitting there at seven, Detroit's going to be fielding a lot of calls and they could get a big return, but they could get a, a semi big return from Denver and still only move back two spots and still, still grab a, a great player at nine. So, you know, I, I think anytime any team is on the board, there's probably at least, at least one team calling up because they love a guy. Um, we just don't know that obviously because we're just watching from TV. So no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Justin Fields is still there at seven, then there's going to be multiple teams calling up. Mm-hmm. Even a team like Pittsburgh could be in the mix for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I understand where you're coming from with that. So, that would be interesting, though, wouldn't it? The tri- or Denver. Denver gets a new quarterback. They got the new GM in there. They got a little – they got some young, nice pieces in there. They got a great defense. Yeah. Denver, I'm, I'm saying, if they need, if they want to compete in that division, which is shaping up to be one of the best divisions in football, you need to upgrade Drew Locke. So now's your time to do it. Uh, but let's move to number eight. They get their quarterback in Sam Darnold. They trade for their guy. They go defense heavy last year. The Carolina Panthers, I got them going Jamar Chase. He, he's still on the board in my dra- mock draft because I had mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle going to Miami. Jamar Chase with a nice Robbie Anderson, with DJ Moore, with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. That's a good, that's a good offense. I like that offense a lot, my friend. Um, Sam Darnold never really had help in in New York, uh, never had any weapons around him. He comes to Carolina. If they get Jamar Chase, that's some pretty serious upgrade. It is. Um, now, Jamar Chase is obviously gone in my mock draft, and I can see why you'd want to get a receiver there, just considering, you know, Samuel's now gone, but they still have Robbie Anderson. They still have DJ Moore. So I think waiting a little bit to grab a receiver, they can probably do that in the second round. I think they need to address left tackle to make sure that Sam Darnold isn't beat to hell like he was in New York. So I'm going to have them take uh, Rashawn Slater, left tackle out of Northwestern, to give him some protection off the left side. Um I think this would benefit just everything in general. I think Slater is just phenomenal. We've seen how strong he is and how good he is um, in keeping edge rushers off the quarterback. You know, being that he was tested all season in the Big Ten, where a lot of good pass rushers are coming out, I think that this would be a great pick for for Carolina to draft a tested and proven guy uh, mm-hmm. to keep Sam Darnold clean. So um, Rashawn Slater goes to Carolina, and then the Panthers probably address receiver or some other offensive weapon in the second round. If I had to guess, but maybe they grab okay. a guy like maybe they grab another Big Ten guy like Pat Fryer moved in the second round to give them a. Mm, they so they do need tight end help. Exactly. Um, so, is another team on the rise. You know what do they do with Teddy Bridgewater? Do they want to hold on to him just in case Sam Darnold doesn't work out? Do they want to maybe flip Teddy Bridgewater for another pick in this draft? 
I think they'll flip him. I, they, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a draft day trade that involves Teddy Bridgewater, whether it be on day yeah. one or day two. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've seen him getting traded before. He was with New York, and then he got traded to the Saints. So I, I think he holds value. I mean, he played well with he, when he was with the Saints. Uh, I think I think a team would be interested in him. Maybe we see a reunion with the Saints. I don't know, but. We can move on here to where are we? Number nine. Uh, yes, I had I had Detroit moving back. So Detroit was at seven. Denver was at nine. I had them flip flopping. And Detroit needs they need wide receiver help really bad. They really do. But like you said, with Carolina, I think they could maybe find that later. Uh, you know, they're they're in the same position as, as Atlanta. No matter if they draft a guy like Devontae Smith, they're not going to the playoffs. Draft a guy that you can build around that you can make the centerpiece of your team, the centerpiece of your defense. And this, I, I've I've said this for weeks. I think we recorded a one of our first mock draft talks. I, I talked about Micah Parsons going to Detroit, and I think Micah Parsons, you know, he he get he gets a lot of you know he gets a narrative around him because he does have some off field issues. Yes, no denying that, but the skill is there. If if he would have played this year. I would make an argument that he would have been a top five pick. Um, Micah Parsons is a freak athlete. And that's what Detroit needs. Their defense is so bad. Detroit's defense was was very bad. You talk about how bad Atlanta's defense is. Detroit's defense is very bad, too. They get a head coach in there, Dan Campbell. He seems like a, a, a nitty-gritty, you know, bite-your-kneecaps-off kind of guy. Bring in Micah Parsons. Have him be the heavy hitter in the middle of your defense there and just run the show for five years, ten years down the road. Now, I will say this, and that's probably going to change in my final mock draft. I'm probably going to flip to where I have Micah Parsons going to Detroit because I kind of realized that as you were saying that, that it made a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I, I go back and forth with it every day, mate. But um, yeah. I have Micah Parsons going there, but I have him going to Denver because I have the Broncos staying put. Their defense is going to be so good if that does happen, though. My Ooh, goodness. My gosh. So, Yes. So, yeah, I think Michael Parsons is the best linebacker in this draft. Um, wherever he goes, they're getting a stud, and I hope that he's matured a little bit from the mm-hmm. things that have happened at Penn State. So, yeah, Michael Parsons at 9 to Denver for me, but in my final mock draft, expect that to be flip-flop to what you were saying <laughs> to Detroit just because it makes a lot of sense. It just It just depends on what the Lions value more at that position, but I think a guy like Dan Campbell, like he said, is going to want an itty-gritty guy who's going to be able to lead their defense for a decade. So, Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, let's move to number 10 here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock, and oh boy, what yeah. do they need? They need everything. Mm. But they especially need defense. They especially need secondary help. So, no corners have been taken yet, and I have I have an idea of what you're going to do, because I think I know who your number one corner is. Mm. Uh, I have them taking Patrick Sertain. I think I think you love J.C. Horn as your number one corner, and I'm not a, I'm not going to argue that in the slightest. Yeah. I, I love J.C. Horn too, but Patrick Sertain, stick him in that Dallas defense. They just they they need a lot of help, and you know if a guy like Mark Micah Parsons is on the board when Dallas is drafting, I could see that. I mean they they drafted Leighton Vander Esch a few years back, hoping he could be that guy, and he's dealt with some injuries. He's been a decent player. But, you know, Patrick Sertain, put him in there, cross from Trayvon Diggs, bada-bing, bada-boom, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas football is back, baby. My partner knows me quite well because I do have J.C. Horn going <laughs> at number 10 to Dallas. I knew it. I knew it. I Man, he's so good. He and is. Everything, he is. You know, oh. I, keep, I keep watching film on him just because I, I I have other things I should be doing, but I don't really <laughs> do. 
So, man, his pro day was very good. His mm-hmm. num- in terms of his, you know, his 40s, vertical and everything is very good. But he's also, he's very good in press. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you need a guy in one-on-one, he's going to be very good at the next level. I think he's better than Patrick Sertain is, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, J.C. Horn's my CB1. But um, Patrick Sertain, wouldn't su- it wouldn't surprise me if he went there. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that at all. I mean, I... It's kind of the same thing as the wide receivers. The top guys, you can kind of bounce back and forth. You can make an argument for either guy. I think they're both going to be good corners in this league. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like how Sertain fits in that Dallas defense. Um, but I, I know you said you wanted to do your top 10, but I do have a trade at number 11. So, okay, yeah, so let's, let's if, discuss if, we, if we want to talk about this, uh, I have the LA Chargers moving up. They were sitting at 13, kind of the same thing as my trade earlier. Giants were at number 11. Chargers were at 13. They just flip-flopped. New York moved two spots back. The Chargers help out their young, gorgeous quarterback in Justin Herbert. They bring in Rashawn Slater, help out that offensive line, make sure that he doesn't get hurt, give him some time. Rashawn Slater is a great, a great tackle. That's that's an easy fix. That's an easy plug-and-play guy. He's going to come in. He's going to help that offense. There's really not too many glaring holes on the Chargers team besides their offensive line. You know, they could use a few pieces on defense. Yeah, they're getting Derwin James back. We're hoping, we're hoping that he can stay healthy. We've been saying that for for years now, it seems like. But Rashawn Slater, stick him in. They only move up two spots. They probably won't have to give up a ton. And the Giants only move back two spots. So I, I like Rashawn Slater going in there. And let me just, Giants are taking J.C. Horn. They move back two spots. They take J.C. Horn. That defense is nice. You got to admit the defense is already defense. nice in the secondary, and then you get JC exactly, Horn with it. and you stick JC Horn in that that defense too. I like it a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that they should go wide receiver. Not, it's not a, not no, a waste. Of, absolutely not. Not a, not a waste no. of assets. But I, I've been hearing that a lot. A lot of people are saying that you know they they signed Kenny Galladay, but hey, Daniel Jones can still use a lot of help. They're fine. They 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 don't need another wide receiver. Back up that defense because if Daniel Jones isn't going to be, you know, lighting up the world and putting up great numbers, that defense will shut teams down and help out their quarterback a lot. So I got I got L.A. trading up to 11, taking Rashawn Slater. I got the Giants at 13, taking J.C. Horn. Do you have any uh, any surprises from from picks 10 through 15? Um, I do. I have a trade at 15. OK, what do you got? So New England is at 15. They- mm-hmm. They trade back with New Orleans, who takes Mac Jones. Wow. Okay. Okay. I just All think right. it make. I just think it makes sense. You know, he's. I think he's similar to Drew Brees, where, all right, he's not athletic, but he can be a three-step guy in the right system. He's mm-hmm. accurate. That's everything that Drew Brees is. He's not athletic. He's not going to run around, but he's accurate, and he can play in that style of offense where he doesn't have to throw the ball deep because he doesn't have a big arm. So okay. they can let they can let Jameis try it for a year. Try to help him out, but I think that they're hoping that Mac Jones is their future guy. So yeah. I now, have, let me let me ask let me yeah. ask you this because in my mock I, I have Devontae Smith still on the board at fifteen and I have New England taking him. Mm-hmm. Is he on the board at fifteen in yours? He's not. He goes twelve to Philadelphia. Okay. All right. All right. So then that, that doesn't that doesn't matter then. I was gonna say it, I feel like New England would be pretty pretty silly to pass up on a player like Devontae Smith. So even then though, okay. with uh when they do trade back, I don't even have him taking a receiver in the first round, though. I think I think that Bill Belichick has learned that, okay, mm-hmm. I can't draft receivers very much, so maybe I'll just wait a little bit. 
Because okay. I do have Jamin Davis, linebacker from Kentucky, still on the board at 28. That seems like a very Bill Belichick-type pick. It, um, it sure at does. That, it absolutely at a position does. that they could use a little bit of help at, I feel like that just makes too much sense yeah. for, for that to not happen. Um, let, me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me talk about this real quick here. because okay. I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen. But if it does, so help me, God, Kurt. If you have the Steelers taking a quarterback not named Lance nope. or Fields, I'm going to no, 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 no. Good. Don't, don't you worry, my friend. But right. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if it does, just come back and remember that I said this. Maybe. The Philadelphia Eagles are got a new head coach, Nick Sirianni. He seems like kind of a, a fun, quirky dude that's playing rock paper scissors with their with their draft class, and I, I, I don't know. That doesn't matter. But they got a new head coach coming in here. They drafted Jalen Hurts last year. We see this a lot. New head coaches, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't his guy. He didn't he didn't want Jalen Hurts. He didn't draft Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Doesn't seem like they're sold on Jalen Hurts. What if they take Mac Jones? What if? Just what if? I'm I'm just throwing it the out. The city there. of Philadelphia will burn to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what they're gonna go into camp with a, a Joe Flacco and a Jalen Hurts quarterback competition? That doesn't sound too fun to me. Throw in I, Mac Jones, you know, throw in Mac Jones, have a Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones quarterback competition. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia needs a lot. They need they need wide receiver help. You know, they they need some defensive help. They they do need a lot, but quarterback is the most important position. And if Mac Jones, if Mac Jones turns out to be just your average Joe that can throw for 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. That's great. Philadelphia found a decent quarterback. They won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Let's not forget. Uh, Teams can do it. And we don't know what Mac Jones is going to turn out to be. I'm just saying I'm throwing it out there just in case it happens. You can call me a genius. The next person I hear say the name Nick Foles is getting slapped with my ring. (laughs) God almighty. No, I get what you're saying. It, it It does make sense to a degree. I do think that they're going to try to give Jalen Hurts this year just to see if you know, see what they have. If not, then mm-hmm. they'll have a little bit of a selection next year. I, um, I like Jalen Hurts. I really do. But it, it doesn't seem like the organization is sold on him. I mean, they, they, they bent, you know, it wasn't, wasn't Sirianni, I know, but they benched him for Nate Sudfield. And there was, you know, the Carson Wentz debacle. And it was just, it never, it never seemed like they were like, Jalen, we're handing the keys over to you. We have full faith in you. We want you to take over this franchise. It never seemed like they were, they were drafting him and saying, you're gonna hand, you're, we're going to hand the keys over to you, and you're going to be king of the castle. So I don't know. I'm just saying if Mac Jones is there, I think they might pick up the phone, think about it for a sec, and say, maybe, just maybe Mac Jones could be in the Philadelphia Green. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts was so inconsistent last year in terms of passing the ball, too. He had the nice game against Arizona. Outside of that, didn't look good against the Giants in the mm-hmm. passing game. The New Orleans game was a lot of his legs as well. So, I mean, it was a, ro- a rookie quarterback. We'll see how he does this season. But I'm not uh, I'm not sold on him either. But I could be proven wrong. We'll see. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Well, what, what about 15 through – or, sorry, 16 through 20? You got any uh, surprises or notable picks? Um, so I'll say this, Patrick Sertain, I think he goes honestly to a perfect spot for him. He'll go to Arizona at 16, a team that desperately okay. needs secondary help. So yep. I think he'll be the second cornerback off the board. Um, and then Miami gets another skill position guy. They get Kyle Pitts, and then they get running back Najee Harris as well. So mm-hmm. they're just loading okay. up this offense right now. 
Uh, we're similar. Mind. We're similar. I, I have uh, I got Arizona taking Caleb Farley. They they are not too scared of the uh, the medical concerns that that surround him. So uh, that and I have I have Miami going running back too, but I haven't taken Travis Etienne. So we both have Miami loading up that offense. We both have Miami taking a, a, a wide receiver or you know in your case a tight end in Kyle Pitts. I had him taking Jalen Waddle. Now we have him here, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. They need to load up. They really do. Their defense was good last year. They had some very, very nice games here and there. You need to help out your rookie quarterback because he didn't do a ton of things that were, you know, jumping off the page saying, wow, look at this guy. He's, he's impressing. But he, yeah. he played well, and I think with the right pieces around him, he could play even better. You know, he, I feel like he was kind of handcuffed by Chan Gailey a little bit. I think this could be a good year for him, um, and especially if you get a good run game behind him and help him out with some weapons. I can agree with that. Um, and we'll see, obviously, the development of Tua and how that goes. Um, I feel like I had another notable one. Maybe I didn't. Oh, yeah. So you, you, had, you, uh, you had Jalen Waddle going six. I don't have him going till 20 to Chicago. Wow. 20. Yeah. Wow, that's a big so, drop. So in terms of I, the big three receivers, I've got Jamar Chase going seven to Detroit, Devontae Smith going 12 to Philadelphia, Jalen Waddle going 20 to the Bears. Okay. I just I, I think that if a guy like Jalen Waddle is still on the board, you know, into the teens and even the early 20s, somebody's going to trade up for him. You know, a team like a team like Green Bay, a little teaser here. I have Green Bay trading up to take a wide receiver later. But a team like Green Bay, if a guy like Jalen Waddle is sitting there at, you know, even 19 with Washington, they call up Washington. He's not going to call up Chicago because there's no way Chicago is going to trade with them. You call up Washington and say, hey, I really need this. Aaron Rodgers is going to leave me to go host Jeopardy. Can you please help us out? And I'll give you a boatload of picks. I, it's just, it would be, it's, I don't know. I, I would be pretty surprised if a guy like Jalen Waddle is still sitting there at 20. What did you say? 20, what? 20. Oh, 20 straight up. Okay. Yeah. I would be surprised, but hey, you never know. The, the draft brings things that we uh, we never expect. So. Let's see. Do I have any other surprises here? I got the Jets taking Najee Harris at 23. So you and I are kind of similar on the teams that need running backs. Um, I'll do my next trade. I got Green Bay trading up to 25 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, their second uh, first round pick. So Green Bay goes up to 25. Jacksonville drops back to 29. I got Green Bay trading up. They get Rashad Bateman. You need to help your quarterback. Pretty much just what I said about Jalen Waddle trading up for him. Rashad Bateman is a very underappreciated, underrated wide receiver in this draft because I think he gets overshadowed by the top three guys. And I mean, we've talked about it. This wide receiver class is so stacked. They are, they are very good, very deep. You can find a guy in the second round. But I like Rashad Bateman a lot. I like his size. And I, I like what he could be across from Devontae Adams. I also have Green Bay getting Rashad Bateman. They just stay put together. Uh-huh. Okay. So, All right. Um, I've got – let's see. The Browns get Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, linebacker. They okay. need linebacker help, which makes a lot of sense for them. Baltimore, I have them taking a linebacker too. I have them taking Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Um, okay. I think that they'll get a receiver in the next round. Now, they very well could go Rashad Bateman there, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Baltimore knows what they're good at, and that is running and throwing to tight ends. And I yeah. don't think much of that's going to change. So they need a little bit of help at linebacker, though, too. They need help in the front seven altogether. Zayvon Collins is a very good player, and if he's there at 27, that just feels like a Baltimore pick, too. I said that about New England earlier. 
I, I have them queen last year. Yeah, I, I have them going. Uh, I have them going. Gregor Russo. I think you know their their defensive line is getting a little bit on the older side, and I think Russo is a a very raw talent, but I think he could be very very good. And if you stick him in that Baltimore defense with all the talent around him, and let him just marinate for a year. He could be a nice player. Um, so, yeah, that seems like a very Baltimore pick. But we skipped over your Steelers. Uh, what, what do you got your Steelers doing there at 24? Same thing I've had him doing in every draft. Travis Etienne. <laughs> of course. Of course. I oh, I'm not even surprised. Uh, look, so help me God, if they go edge with this pick, I'm, I'm going to proudly walk into the sea. <laughs> it just makes – it wouldn't make sense at all. Yeah. They don't – they need to address that at some point. It's by far not their biggest need. Their nope. running back room is the worst in the NFL. They can mm-hmm. wait to get a left tackle because it's such a deep class. Travis Etienne. Get Travis Etienne. There's a weak running back class. Get Travis Etienne. Okay. All right. I, I don't I don't disagree, but in my mock draft, I have Najee Harris going right before them at 23, and I have Travis Etienne at 18. So in my mock draft, that's not an option. Um, we could see them, you know, if they want to go with a guy like Javante Williams, in a later round or, you know, there, there's, there's some good sleeper running backs later in this draft that I think that they could, they could snag. Uh, I have them go on Eric Stokes, you know, our guy, Steven Nelson, they, they had to let him go friend of the show, dear friend of ours. They need some secondary help. Um, my, my thinking behind this was, you know, we know, we know what Ben is. We, we know that that offense isn't going to be electric. They need to win with their defense. And we saw that last year. Now that they lose, you know, Steven Nelson, you need to help that secondary a little bit. So beef up that secondary. You lose Bud Dupree. You lose Steven Nelson. Bring in Eric Stokes. I like him. I, I, I like him, you know, what he could be in this league. Um, and especially with the, the pieces that the Steelers have around him. It seems like a nice Steelers pick to me. I wouldn't be opposed to a cornerback there, uh, whether mm-hmm. it be a guy like our guy, Afachi Malafonwu, friend of the show. Who, by the way, I have going to your Buffalo Bills at number thirty. So, Ooh. okay, you have him as a first round pick. Okay, that's uh, well, continue. Go ahead. I would, I, if it's a running back or corner, I won't hate it. If it's linebacker mm-hmm. or edge, I will hate it. If it's a quarterback not named Trey Lance, Justin Fields, I will hate it. So help me God, okay. they take Kyle Trask, man. I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I will not be happy. I know it won't be in the first round. Hopefully. Yeah. No, you know, we, nobody saw the Packers taking Jordan Love last year, so <laughs> I don't want a, a situation like that. But um, no, I would be perfectly okay with running back or someone in the secondary. So maybe they uh maybe they surprise me and they take my guy Richie Grant. That would make me happy. Uh, okay well, you would be you would be very very happy. Um, I would be very happy. I would forgive everything <laughs> at that point because then, yeah. I mean. Look, I don't know what Terrell Edmonds is going to be anymore. I feel like he's been uh, somewhat of a disappointment in the, as a first-round pick. So mm-hmm. if they were to move off him, then they'd have Richie Grant right there. So, yeah. Who do you have your bills taken? Okay. okay. So me personally, uh, I, I'm thinking on two ends of the spectrum here. I'm thinking me personally, I would love for them to go cornerback. If somehow a guy like Greg Newsom is there, Please, for the love of God, take him. But I have him going 22 to Tennessee. If Asante Samuel Jr. is there, please take him. Um, but I, I'm just leaning towards what they're thinking. And it seems like they want to go defensive end. It seems like they want to go D-line because 
Brandon Bean said in his, uh, his press conference, they're picking at 30. They want to think more for the long term, not for the short term. That's what he said. And that just, to me, seems like they want to go edge because you look at the guys on the defensive line. Jerry Hughes, you know, great player, played great last year. He's getting old. There's no denying that. Mario Addison, another good player that's, you know, getting older. They need to replace these guys eventually. They got I.J. Epinesa last year. He played well. They have a nice young player in Daryl Johnson. He played well. It just seems to me, Brandon Bean's mind, they want to go edge because they desperately need to get, get pressure on the quarterback. So I have them going Aziz Alo. Excuse me. Help me out here, please. Aziz Olajare or Ojalare. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. They they need defensive help. They they need to get to the quarterback because it was non-existent last year. It, it really, really was. And I don't know, you know, I would love Asante Samuel Jr. I really would. That's who I want. I just, I have him going 31 to Kansas City. But please, Buffalo, if Asante Samuel Jr. is on the board, please, please take him. Yeah, no, I had them go in corner just because that seems to be their biggest need right now. I mean, their front seven's good. So, and it's not to say that their secondary isn't because it is, but they could use help at, at CB2. Yeah. And, and that's just a guy that I, they can put all over the place. Yeah. And I, I know, I think he'll be a second round pick. Um, I, I love the way he plays. You know, he's a great guy, too. Love, love to have him in the locker room, of course. But, you know, it just seems like a stretch. And from right down the road in Syracuse. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and he's a and he's a Patriots fan, so you get to play the Patriots twice a year. Come on home to Buffalo. Um, I do want to go on record. I don't know. I don't know if you've watched too much film on him. I kind of have a little bit of a crush. The Bills don't need a quarterback, but I kind of have a little bit of a draft crush on Felipe Franks. He has the size. He has the makings to be a young, raw quarterback in this league. I'm not saying he's going to come in and he's going to play great and start right away. But just just remember this. In case we ever see Felipe Franks in the game, I low-key like him as a prospect, just 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 slightly. And I just want to put that out there. There's some murmurs that he's going to be a Logan Thomas-type guy, uh, quarterback converted to tight end in the league. I think he's a big guy. He's a big, big guy. I feel like that guy. would fit him fine because I saw him in Mobile and he didn't do anything to impress me at quarterback. So I think that it's would be fun. Day. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I get it. But I saw it throughout the weekend he didn't do anything to stand out. None of them did. Um, yes. Anyway, no, I think if he were to convert to tight end, then we can talk. There's okay. nothing that really stands right. out to me in terms of his – I just don't see it. I mean, I've no, said this okay. before, though. Anybody outside the top four guys in this draft, I don't see anything with in terms of quarterback. I think it's a pretty top-heavy class. Yeah. But, um, but, hey, every single year, there's always a guy that squeaks through. And, you know, I'm not saying it's Felipe Franks, but there's definitely going to be a guy that we are just, you know, grazing through and forget about, and they're probably going to turn it on. That's just how it always goes, and that's I why we like love the draft. every year. Yeah, it is. No, I'm is not just though? talking quarter. I'm not talking quarterback. Oh, okay. I'm talking every okay, position. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Every every position, there's always the guys that that squeak through. So, um, yeah, it's uh. I mean, there's a lot of mid round guys that I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys that you can find in the the fourth, fifth round that that'll be, you know, maybe career back backups, but maybe they come in and they they start and they win a few games. Who knows? But I, God, one one week from right now, what we'll probably be an hour. So we'll it's nine o'clock right now. We'll probably be an hour in. So it'll be what? So it'll be maybe like pick. pick. 
10. Yeah. The first round, first 10 picks take two hours to do. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be up until 2 a.m. waiting for my bills to pick. Yeah. That's going to, that's not going to be fun for you. But <laughs> it's okay. That's, that's, what, that's what you get. That's what you get when you win, baby. You, you, you get the late draft picks. Hopefully next year we're picking 32. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's very fair. I don't think you will be, but you can be in contention. Hey, hey I'm just watch kidding. It. Now, if there's any team from the AFC that will just throw the Chiefs, it is the Bills. That's, that's that. a talk for another day. That is, is a talk for another day. It is. Um, I'm trying to see. I don't really have any other notable. I mean, I have Caleb Farley going to Tennessee. I feel like that could really okay. help them out a lot. Um, I don't really have any other notable ones in there, I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, I hit on all my trades. I, I I got I got Terrence Marshall Jr. going to New Orleans. New Orleans really needs wide receiver help. Besides, besides Michael Thomas, the slant king, they really need wide receiver help. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. Welcome home to Buffalo, my friend. <laughs> they need some help. And if if they're gonna have Jameis Winston running the show, get him some weapons. Uh, I I like Terrence Marshall Jr. You know, we we keep saying it, this wide receiver class is stacked. I just don't know what else they would do there unless they want to go secondary, which I could see, but there's more glaring needs, I would argue. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I could see a guy like Kadarius Tony going there too. He just seems like a mm-hmm. safe pick, put him in the slot, but he can also be put outside. Yep. Um, yeah, that that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. There's a, I don't know, there's a few guys that could go very high or very low. Like a guy like, like your guy, Aziz uh, Ojolari. Ojolari. I, I got going, it now. I have him going to the Giants at 11 because they need edge, and he's the top guy really? in terms of, yeah, uh, he's a guy that will really fluctuate on because this edge class isn't strong. I, I feel like the edge class is the one class that you can't really predict here because, yeah. you know, there's there's guys like Jalen Phillips that, that just shot up the draft boards after his pro day. Quiddy Pay is a nice player. He's he's my number one, but you know you can make an argument that he's not. Gregory Russo is like I said, he's he's probably the most raw talent, but possibly the biggest boom. He he, could, he has the biggest potential maybe in this this edge class. Um, but you know, Jason Owe, I I have him going to Tampa Bay at thirty two from Penn State. I think he you know he's a good piece. He's a good run defender for a team that needs help defending the run like Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Tampa Bay's defense is great, but they are getting a little older. So they need, they need to focus on bringing in some young guys. Um, you know, Aziz Ojolari with Buffalo, I think would be a nice fit. This edge class isn't great. I don't love it, which is the reason why I want the bills to go corner in the first round. Yeah. But like I said, dude, just after Brandon Bean's press conference, it seems like they're going to go edge and that's just kind of where I'm at right now, but we'll see. We still have a week for me to change my mind. We do. And I'm very much looking forward to it because, you know, obviously this is a fun time of year. We are a week away from the NFL draft. It's going to be a fun time. Um, and we're so going to yeah. be there, my friend. We're going to be there. We should is that, be is that there, official? Yeah. Are you? Are you? I don't know if you've uh, officially. I don't made know. Yeah, it's yet, it's school <laughs> things and. Um, oh, it's school, but it's the draft. I know, and I understand. So we'll see. I mean, we'll work out all the kinks, and uh, okay, we'll get back to you. But um, Kurt, before we wrap this thing up, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can find me at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R eighty eight. Uh, I was just on ESPN Honolulu yesterday. I was uh, on the radio in Hawaii, which was pretty cool. It was 2.30 here, but 8.30 in the morning there. So I got the nice little morning slot on the Bobby Curran show. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, 
you know, they, they, they love their football down there. We were talking, talking a little to a tongue of Iloa, of course, too. So it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. But, uh, why do you got a confused look on your face? What are you so confused about? So wait, how far ahead of us are they? Or behind? I don't know. It was eight, it was 8.30 in the morning there and it was 2.30 here. In the morning? Yes. So you realize how far? No, so wait, you were on the, you were on the phone at 2.30 in the morning here. No, no, no. 2.30 in the afternoon here. I mean, what the hell? (laughs) Do you realize how far away Hawaii is? I, did, I thought they were in like the same time zone as like California. No, look at look look at a map. Look at a map. I mean, I know see, the. I didn't you know. See, you will see how far away Hawaii is from California. It, it is it's pretty nuts. But yes, I was on the Bobby Curran show. It was fun. It was great. Um, follow me along on Twitter, and we will have a lot of fun for the rest of this off season. You still look very confused, but so where wait, can they find you for fo- for football for them? Is it just like the games are on Monday then? basically i got what, what do you there's mean there's no basically about it yes it's like what do you mean? In the morning kickoff I, I don't know how that works 8 30 sure, yeah. in the morning there yeah 2 30 in the afternoon for us so that means subtract an hour and a half their kickoffs on sunday are like 6 45 7 a.m those are some dedicated fans but right. i didn't, I'm I didn't realize at, it was look. much like this yeah. The time, I don't know if you can, oh, I got the Oh, yeah, the green, yeah. Okay, well, the time right now in Hawaii is 3.08 p.m., and it is 9.09 p.m. right here in Buffalo, New York. So, it is a big time change, my friend. I'm, I'm glad that you are uh, just learning about time zones, but it's okay. I'm glad I can help you through it. Whatever. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to figure this out. We need to end the show now. We're, we're not follow, talking football anymore. Like, okay, you can follow Kurt at Kurt Homicer 88 on Twitter. You can follow me at J Bailey NFL. I'm going to go look at a globe. Have a nice night. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Good night. We'll see, we'll see you next week on Laces Out before the. Uh, we might do another one. I don't know. Probably yeah. before the draft. Um, sure. So, yeah, we'll have a. See if we can get a few guests on to, you know, do our final show before the draft. But till then, thank you awesome. for tuning in. We'll see you then. Go study time zones, I guess. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.